Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From the Bloomberg Interactive Brooker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, August 12th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Nuclear documents were reportedly at the center of the FBI search of Donald Trump's Florida home. Now the former president calls for the release of the warrant used in the search. Joe Biden is said to be preparing to launch a re-election bid. And we speak to San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly on the central bank's next move. Calls resume to get rid of horse-drawn carriages in New York City. Plus, investigators are looking into a man who tried to breach an Ohio FBI office. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash. Aaron Sports. The Giants won their preseason opener at New England. The Jets, Mets, and Yankees all play tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good Friday morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are moving higher this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 22 points. Dow futures up 154. And Nasdaq futures up 76. The 10-year Treasury up 532 seconds, yield 2.86%. And the yield on the two-year, 3.20%. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute. But first, we are learning more this morning about what the FBI was lurking for when it executed a search warrant at the Florida home of former President Donald Trump. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Reportedly among the items, classified documents related to nuclear weapons. The Washington Post reports it isn't clear if the information involved weapons belonging to the United States or some other nation. And we don't know yet if those documents were recovered in the search. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced the Department of Justice has filed a motion to unseal the search warrant and that more information is coming. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt In light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. And the judge immediately ordered DOJ to consult with Trump's legal team and notify the court within 24 hours about whether they would oppose the request. Late last night, former President Trump said on social media... He agreed the search warrant and the list of items taken should be made public. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we're getting more reaction to Attorney General Garland's request to unseat the warrant. Cardozo School of Law professor Jessica Roth says former President Trump could release the documents himself. The former president has confirmed publicly that a search was executed on his property, um, thus essentially eliminating one of the primary reasons why search warrants remain under seal at this juncture, which is to protect the privacy of those um, who were searched. 
And Cardozo Law Professor Jessica Roth is a former federal prosecutor in the Southern District of New York. She was a guest on Bloomberg Sound On, heard weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, one other major political story we're watching this morning, Karen. Bloomberg News has learned that President Biden is preparing to launch his re-election campaign in the months after November's midterm elections. Those close to the president describe him as upbeat about recent legislative, economic, and foreign policy victories, though polls show most Democrats would rather have a candidate other than Biden. But we also have new developments this morning on the battle against the pandemic, Nathan. The CDC is loosening guidance for people exposed to COVID-19. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. This is the latest loosening of CDC policies. It says there is no longer a recommendation to quarantine after exposure and says it more closely aligns with what people are doing anyway. It says it will benefit school classrooms and the children themselves. It does say those people should wear masks indoors while monitoring for symptoms. And it also says people with COVID symptoms should end isolation on the sixth day or later. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Ed, thank you. Turning to markets now, futures are moving higher as we close out a trading week that's been highlighted by inflation data. Stocks have rallied since their low for mid-June. The S&P 500 is now trading near a three-month high. J.P. Morgan Chief Global Strategist David Kelly says stocks could rebound to record highs in the next few years. Look at the, what the record high would be. Look at the percentage gain you're talking about here. So you, if you need to go up, you know, 15%, you know, if it takes you a year to do that, that's a great gain. If it takes you two years to do that with dividends, that's still a great gain. If it takes you three years, you're still making good money. So uh, all you, in order to be a bull on stocks, all you have to believe is that you'll get there within, say, the next three years. J.P. Morgan's David Kelly says he would be fully invested in equities right now. Well, Nathan, despite the cooler inflation ratings we've seen this week, the discussion continues on how aggressive the Fed will be. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly says she is flexible when it comes to future policy. I have a baseline case going into September that is 50 basis points. That's where I've been since the last meeting. But I have an open mind about whether 75 is going to be necessary. And a lot of that will depend on the labor market, inflation, and whether we start to... Uh, We see those things slow enough to say, wow, we've got the momentum we need. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Kathleen Hayes and catch more of that conversation coming up shortly on Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, in corporate news this morning, Karen, Apple is in focus. We're told the company expects to sustain iPhone sales this year, even as the market slows. More from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Apple is asking suppliers to build at least as many of its next-generation iPhones this year as in 2021, counting on an affluent clientele and dwindling competition to weather a global electronics downturn. Sources tell Bloomberg the tech giant is telling its assemblers to make 90 million of its newest devices on par with last year, despite deteriorating projections for the smartphone market. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thanks. Well, shares of Illumina are on the move this morning. The DNA sequencing giant stock is plunging down 15.5% in the pre-market. As Bloomberg's Doug Krisner reports, the company cut its full-year earnings forecast. Illumina blamed the reduction on potential penalties in Europe over its acquisition of cancer test provider Grail. Last month, the two companies were warned of hefty fines after EU regulators said the merger was implemented before regulators reviewed the deal. Illumina now says adjusted earnings will be in the range of $2.75 to $2.90 a share. Its earlier forecast was between $4 and $4.20. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Doug, thanks. S&P futures up 20 20- 
22 points this morning. Dow futures up 155. NASDAQ futures are higher by 71 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 73 degrees in Central Park. Still got a little road work southbound Van Wyck between Liberty Avenue and Linden Boulevard. But so far, so good on the Friday morning ride. Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Authorities are investigating the motives of a man armed with an AR-15-style weapon who tried to breach the FBI Cincinnati office. He fled and was shot, died hours later in a rural standoff with law enforcement. Ohio State Highway Patrol spokesman Lieutenant Nathan Dennis. Throughout the day today, um, law enforcement officers attempted to negotiate with the suspect. State Highway Patrol Lieutenant Nathan Dennis. The FBI is warning its agents to take extra precautions amid an increase in social media threats following Monday's search at former President Trump's home. Investigators are examining whether the suspect, identified as 42-year-old Ricky Schiffer, may have had ties to far-right extremist groups. Activists rallied at City Hall to demand New York City ban the use of horse-drawn carriages after a horse collapsed in Hell's Kitchen Wednesday evening. The NYPD used water hoses to try to cool down the 14-year-old horse. Demonstrators support a bill the New York City Council is currently considering to replace the horses with electric carriages. About 200 potential jurors for the trial of a man charged with killing eight people on a New York City bike path in a terror attack filled out questionnaires. Eventually, 12 jurors and six alternates will be chosen for the October 11th trial of Saifullo Saipov in Manhattan Federal Court. Saipov was charged in the October 2017 attack after prosecutors say he used a truck that hit numerous pedestrians along the West Side Highway. U.K. officials say children under nine years of age could be eligible for a booster dose to fight polio soon. It comes as officials in Rockland County, New York, are investigating the country's first polio case identified in decades, leading to some concerns that polio could be coming back to the U.S., Dr. Amy Errington, who specializes in global biological preparedness in Texas, says that while the best protection against polio remains childhood vaccination, Americans can take other precautions to lower their risk as well. The key to that is really, you know, good hand hygiene, um, being alert and surveillance like we've done and like they've done in New York to catch this case. Um, but primarily, you know, keeping up with your, your polio boosters and your, your vaccine schedule as a child. Dr. Arrington, Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good Friday morning, John Stashow. Friday morning, Nathan. Football's back. Giants and Patriots in New England. The game had six lead changes, and the Giants on a Graham Gano field goal. is third of the night won 23-21. Daniel Jones played the first quarter, 6 of 10, 69 yards, and then replaced by Tyrod Taylor. And one thing is certain. The Giants are much improved at backup quarterback. Giants fans, unfortunately, remember the team's struggles after Jones's injury last season. Taylor has started over 50 NFL games. He was 13 of 21 with a touchdown. The Giants had 418 yards of offense, 177 on the ground. Their new coach is Brian Dayball. He was asked how it went on the sideline. The coaches did a good job, and they respected. I think Link had his staff really organized. Kafka did a really good job. I think he communicated well throughout the game. Again, we're not making a ton of adjustments here, and um, 
you know, I was, I was pleased with that. Again, pleased with the substitutions. I mean, it's our first step. It's, and I'm pleased with the way they competed. The Jets played tonight in Philadelphia. Jets just added a veteran tackle, Dwayne Brown, a five-time Pro Bowler, about to turn 37. Jets just lost tackle, Mackay Becton, to a season-ending knee injury. Baseball, Dyersville, Iowa, great setting for the Field of Dreams game. Cubs beat the Reds 4-2. to Yankees and Red Sox tonight in Boston. The Sox won last night, but they're just... 13 and 27 in their last 40 games, and the Yanks are only 10 and 18 in their last 28. And with Houston's win yesterday, Yankees no longer have the best record in the American League. They don't have the best record in New York. That belongs to the Red Hot Mets, who host the Phillies tonight. Max Scherzer on the mound. The NBA announced the entire league will retire the number six, won by the late Bill Russell. John Stashow or Bloomberg Sports. Okay, John, thanks. S&P futures up 22 points. Dow futures up 159. NASDAQ futures are higher by 73 points. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Clouds give way to sunshine today. Highs in the low 80s. Upper 60s tonight. Low 80s again tomorrow and Sunday. What a weekend coming up. Right now, 73 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks and U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning as investors assess whether signs of cooling inflation will enable the Fed to pivot to less aggressive interest rate increases. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 22 points this morning. Dow futures up 158. And Nasdaq futures up 76. The DAX in Germany is up half percent. The CAC in Paris up three-tenths percent. And the FTSE 100 is up about six-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up three 30 seconds, yield 2.87%. The yield on the two-year, 3.20%. NYMEX crude oil is down about a tenth of a percent now, down 12 cents at $94.22 a barrel. COMEX gold down three-tenths percent, or $5.80 at $18.01.40 an ounce. The euro, 1.0297 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2150. And the yen is 133.30. And looking at Bitcoin this morning, it's down more than 1% at $23,960. And today we are looking for reports on the import price index at 8.30 Wall Street time. And we get a look at consumer sentiment at 10. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. FBI agents were said to be looking for classified documents related to nuclear weapons in the search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. The Washington Post reports there were major concerns among government officials that the information could fall into the wrong hands. Meanwhile, former President Trump says he supports the release of documents related to the FBI search. Trump made the announcement on his social media site, Truth Social, following a Justice Department request in a Florida court to unseal the documents. In Indiana, family, friends, and lawmakers remembered Republican Congresswoman Jackie Walorski at her funeral yesterday. Walorski was killed along with three other people in a head-on crash near South Bend earlier this month. 
In baseball, the Red Sox beat the Orioles 4-3. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barb. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. We're coming up to 520 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. I'm Nathan Hager. Let's take a look at Fed policy now. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly says the cooler inflation readings for July are welcoming, but the fight against fast price growth is far from over. In an interview with Bloomberg's Kathleen Hayes, Sherry Ahn and Heidi Stroud-Watts daily reiterated that her base case is for a half percentage point hike at the Fed's meeting next month. At the same time, she has an open mind about another large increase being necessary. Let's listen to that conversation now. 50 or 75 isn't the quote pivoting. It's not about ending this rate hike path. So I'm still kind of curious if you just were looking at those numbers, what would you say? Do they support your baseline, for example? So 50 or 75? Yeah. I think 50 supports the baseline. Think of where we need to be at the end of the I mean, the numbers we just got. Oh, the numbers we just got? The numbers we just got say that we have enough uncertainty about the path of inflation. It looks a little bit improvement, but we don't want to be head fake, so we want to wait for the next report. We have an inflation report and an employment report coming out before the next meeting. It really behooves us to stay data dependent and not call it. But for today, with those numbers in hand, I still think 50 basis points is the case, but I am open. Open to 75 should the data evolve okay. differently. So we've got another inflation report, another jobs we report. We do, really indeed. Big ones. Now, I want to ask you, I want to, I want to hit some of the big points first. And the other one is, there's, in terms of recession and recession risk, there seems to be frequently a sense in markets that, oh, once there's signs of a recession, if the risks are rising, the Fed will pull back. So is the Fed, are you willing to let those risks materialize if you have to, to risk a recession if that's what it's in the end takes to get the inflation rate down? Well, I'd like to start with this. We are a long way from evaluating those risks right now. Look at the employment report. The people in the labor market, whether they're a firm trying to find a worker or workers trying to find a job, do not feel like it's a recession. Right now, jobs are plentiful. Mm -hmm. The main marker for consumers about a recession is, are they finding a hard time finding jobs? Is it hard to get a job? And are their incomes falling? You really don't see that right now. So I don't see the risks of inflation as our preeminent risk. I see the most important risk we face in the economy as inflation is too high and has been too high for too long, and we need to bring that down. So when I'm balancing the risks, I'm really balancing how quickly can we bring inflation down without tipping the labor market over, and that's why 50 basis points make sense to me right now. Mary, does the stock market bullishness right now, is that a... Is that challenging to the Federal Reserve, given that, of course, that could relax financial conditions, which is not what the Fed wants to see at this moment? So we look at a broad range of financial conditions, and the stock market is simply one of them. I'm also looking at mortgage interest rates and borrowing rates for businesses and consumers for a variety of things. And I really do want those to remain tight and and tightening as we go, because we don't want financial conditions to relax. We want them to remain tight so that we can continue to bridle the economy somewhat, take the accommodation out. Remember, financial conditions have been so loose, in part because we were adding a lot of accommodation to get us through the pandemic. Now we want to pull that back and we want the economy to slow, bring demand and supply back in balance and deliver a sustainable growth path that delivers on price stability and full employment. This is achievable, but it takes some time to work its way through. 
Mary, it's not the ideal scenario, but would you ultimately be comfortable or okay with triggering a recession, even if it's a mild one, in order to get over inflation? Well, let me just say what, what is true is that I think about what I want to achieve, what Americans really are expecting us to achieve, and that is a smoother transition that doesn't require a recession, actually delivers on a slower economy that is still giving people the jobs they need and the price stability they deserve. That's what I'm looking for, and that's what I'm focused on 100%. Quick final question. Sure. Is that, in a sense of what we've been talking about then, is why it's so important, no matter what the cost, no matter how painful it is in the short term, it's so important for the Federal Reserve to get inflation down? So it is essential we get inflation down. It is a commitment we have made at the Federal Reserve to bring inflation down. People want jobs, but they also want low and stable inflation. We have to give them both. And that was San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly speaking with Bloomberg's Kathleen Hayes, Sherry Ahn, and Heidi Stroud-Watts. You can catch more of that conversation online at Bloomberg.com. S&P futures up 21 points. Dow futures are higher by 148 points. Nasdaq futures on the rise by 75 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 330 seconds. The yield 2.87%. And the yield on the two-year right now, 3.20%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 11.30 weather. Any showers this morning will give way to sunshine and low 80s for highs. Upper 60s tonight. We'll be in the low 80s, partly to mostly sunny tomorrow and Sunday. Right now, 73 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with politics and new details about the FBI executing a search warrant at the Florida home of former President Trump. According to the Washington Post, classified documents related to nuclear weapons were among the items that they were searching for. Attorney General Merrick Garland says the Department of Justice has filed a motion to unseal the search warrant. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. And Attorney General Garland is also defending the integrity of his agents involved in the matter. Yeah, and reactions pouring into the Attorney General's short briefing yesterday, Karen. Cardozo School of Law Professor Jessica Roth says it makes sense to unseal the warrant in this circumstance. There's just an enormous public interest in these events, in part because of the former president's statements um, announcing it and subsequent statements and by the fact that he is the former president of the United States. Cardoza Law Professor Jessica Roth made the comments on Bloomberg Sound On, heard weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, another political story we're following this morning, Nathan. Bloomberg News has learned President Biden is preparing to launch his re-election campaign in the months after November's midterm elections. And we have new developments this morning in the battle against COVID-19. The CDC is no longer recommending quarantine after exposure to the virus. It says people with symptoms should end isolation 
inflation on the sixth day or later. Well, to markets now, Nathan, futures are higher as we close out a trading week highlighted by softer-than-expected inflation data. Shana Orzik-Sissel, founder of Ben Ryan Capital Management, says she's still not jumping to invest in riskier assets. I'm still not willing to dip into some of those areas right now. I want to focus on quality companies with good long-term tailwinds, and those names are not necessarily those speculative names. And Shana Orsic-Sissel of Van Ryan Capital Management says the Fed may be more hawkish than the markets anticipating. And despite this week's CPI and PPI, Karen, the Fed expects to be aggressive as it looks to cool inflation. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly says she's flexible when it comes to raising rates at the next FOMC meeting. The scale 50-75 doesn't just depend on a data point, even an important one like the CPI. I like to say that we're data dependent, not data point dependent. The San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly made the comments on Bloomberg TV. You catch more of that conversation shortly here on Daybreak. And futures this morning are higher. S&P futures up 21 points. Dow futures up 146. NASDAQ futures up 73. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thanks. It's 533 on Wall Street, 73 degrees in Central Park. We have an accent southbound Whitestone Expressway at 20th Avenue. We'll get you the details shortly. First, Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. The man who led law enforcement officers on a chase after a failed attempt to breach the FBI Cincinnati field office was shot after an exchange of gunfire. Ohio State Highway Patrol spokesman Lieutenant Nathan Dennis. The suspect was... uh... Uh, deceased. He's come to his injuries at the scene, and everything remains under investigation at this time. The suspect is identified as 42-year-old Ricky Schiffer. Demonstrators converged on City Hall yesterday to once again call for the end of horse-drawn carriages in New York. It comes after a horse collapsed in Hell's Kitchen on Wednesday. The U.N. Security Council held an emergency meeting to discuss the ongoing crisis to Europe's largest nuclear power plant in Ukraine, which was reportedly struck by missiles. Both countries now blaming one another for the attack on the Russian-controlled plant. U.S. Undersecretary of State for Arms Control and International Security Ambassador Bonnie Denise Jenkins urged Russia to return control of the plant to Ukraine. We once again call on Russia to cease all military operations at or near Ukraine's nuclear facilities and insist that Russia immediately return full control of the Zephyrisia facility to Ukraine. Ambassador Jenkins says Russia alone created the risks. In Indiana, family, friends, and lawmakers remembered Republican Congresswoman Jackie Walorski at her funeral yesterday. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. The praise that she would have from both sides is tremendous. In today's world, that's a little difficult. Walorski was killed along with three other people in a head-on car crash near South Bend earlier this month. A spokesperson for Anne Hayes says the actor is on life support after suffering a brain injury in a fiery crash a week ago in Los Angeles and is not suspected, inspected to survive. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barb. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Mm, tough news there. Thank mm. you, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Let's get the Bloomberg Sports Update now. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. Giants took the field for the first time under new coach Brian Dayball in New England, where Dayball was once an assistant under Bill Belichick, who, of course, was once a Giants assistant. Dayball replaced Joe Judge. He's now back in New England, his second stint 
as the Pats assisted. The game had six lead changes. The Giants won 23-21 on a last-second Graham Gano field goal. Giants had 418 yards of offense, 177 on the ground, but... It's only preseason. Jets in Philadelphia tonight with a season-ending knee injury to tackle Mackay Beck to the Jets signed veteran tackle Dwayne Brown, a five-time Pro Bowler, while with Seattle and Houston. Tom Brady has left the Bucks to attend to a personal matter. Won't be practicing with Tampa Bay all of next week. The Field of Dreams game, Dyersville, Iowa. The Yankees and White Sox did it last year. It was the Cubs and Reds last night, and Joey Votto felt a little like... Kevin Costner. Watching the movie, um, you know, is something my father and I shared, and uh, it's not something I would give anything for. You know, I wish he was here. I wish at the very end of tonight's game, uh, he and I could go on the field and do something we did from when I was eight, nine years old. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really eerie how much the movie aligns with my life experience. Cubs won 4-2. The Yankees just 1-5 on this road trip now in Boston. Red Hot Mets host the Phillies. They just had a seven-game win streak come to an end. The Phillies will face the Mets 1-2 points. Max Scherzer tonight, Jacob DeGrom tomorrow. Mets have won six in a row, 15 the last 17. Much like what baseball did with Jackie Robinson's number 42, the entire NBA is retiring the number six worn by the late Bill Russell. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Quite a move. Thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for now for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Ed Corey. New York Governor Kathy Hochul Thursday green-lighted a multi-billion dollar corporate tax break to draw chip manufacturers to the state. The move is aimed at boosting Albany's competitiveness against others vying to build semiconductor plants. Manhattan apartment rents continued their upward climb in July as the hottest market in decades hits its busiest leasing season. The median rent on new leases last month was $4,150. That's up 2.5% from June, 29% higher than it was a year ago, according to appraiser Miller Samuel and brokerage Douglas Element Real Estate. 400 Capital Management, an alternative credit investment firm, has signed a lease at Brookfield Properties 665th Avenue in New York. The company is more than doubling its Manhattan office footprint with a new lease that adds 25,572 square feet. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. Steve Potus got on 1010 wins in New York. We're talking about job cuts at Warby Parker as the economy blurs the outlook for fashion eyeglasses. Tom Courtney Dunahoe on KFAB in Omaha. The price of land for crops jumping in the second quarter with demand soaring. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on the UK economy contracting in the second quarter, but by less than had been expected. Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting an appeals court is upheld a ruling that tossed out a racketeering lawsuit GM filed against Fiat Chrysler and former executives. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 5.39 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. As former President Donald Trump tried to cling to power last year, a number of flaws in the U.S. election system became all too clear. Thankfully, one of them may soon be fixed. After months of negotiations, a bipartisan group of senators has released a set of reforms to the Electoral Count Act of 1887. 
Trump's multi-tiered plot to stay in power despite losing the election hinged on exploiting ambiguities in this law. If passed, the bill would go a long way toward preventing a repeat of this fiasco, and it would be a significant step toward fixing long-term problems in America's electoral machinery. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures are higher by 23 points right now. Dow futures up 168. NASDAQ futures on the rise by 80 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 132nd. The yield 2.88%. Yield on the two-year 3.20%. The latest on the FBI search of former President Trump's home in Florida, Bloomberg Government's Emily Wilkins joins us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Clouds give way to sunshine and highs in the low 80s today. Upper 60s, clear skies tonight. It'll be sunny, low 80s all weekend long. Right now, 73 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. Investors assessing whether signs of cooling inflation will enable the Fed to pivot to less aggressive interest rate increases. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 23 points. Dow futures up 163. And NASDAQ futures up 79. The DAX in Germany is up 7 tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds. Yield 2.88 percent. Yield on the two-year 3.21 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up three-tenths percent or 30 cents at $94.63 a barrel. COMEX gold at a quarter percent or $4.90 at $18.02.30 an ounce. The euro, 1.0305 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2150. And the yen, 133.40. And look at a Bitcoin. It's down nine-tenths of a percent at $23,999. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. FBI agents were said to be looking for classified documents related to nuclear weapons in the search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. The Washington Post reports there were major concerns among government officials that the information could fall into the wrong hands. We'll have more on that in a few moments. Meanwhile, former President Trump says he supports the release of documents related to the FBI search. Trump made the announcement following a Justice Department request to unseal the documents. In baseball, the Red Sox beat the Orioles 4-3. Thursday night preseason football, the Giants beat the Patriots 23-21. The Ravens beat the Titans 23-10. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. We're coming up to 549 on Wall Street Live from the Bloomberg. Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and as promised, we do have more on the FBI search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins is with us from our 991 studios in the nation's capital. Emily, good morning. These reports that classified documents related to nuclear material are part of the search uh, that the FBI was conducting earlier this week. To call it extraordinary, this development may be understating it. 
Absolutely, Nathan. I mean, classified documents related to nuclear weapons, they're one of the highest classified types of documents. They have major national security implications. I will say that based on the Washington Post reporting as well as Bloomberg's own reporting, there are still a lot of unanswered questions about exactly what this information was in regard to. Was it in regard to U.S. nuclear weapons? Was it regard to other countries' nuclear weapons? What exactly was contained within this documentation? Uh, But, you know, mishandling of classified information, it's a felony charge, and this is very, very sensitive sensitive information. Um, yesterday, we saw Attorney General Merrick Garland move to unseal the warrant as well as a list of what was taken from Mar-a-Lago. And now the question, the ball's in, in Trump's court with Trump's lawyers. They also need to agree to unseal that warrant. And Trump said last night on his social media, Truth Social, that he does support unsealing the warrant. Um, and the interesting wrinkle, of course, here, Nathan, is that Trump could actually put out the, the warrant right now if he wanted to, just like he was the one uh, who really initially provided a lot of details that the raid had taken place in Mar-a-Lago. So we'll definitely be keeping a very close eye today. Do those, does, does that warrant get unsealed? Do we see the contents of it? And then, of course, what was included, um, clearly uh, with Attorney General Garland making a very rare press conference yesterday announcing he personally approved the, the warrant, uh, kind of just sort of underscores how how big of a deal this is, how completely unprecedented this is. Yeah, before we got that Washington Post reporting, just the fact that Attorney General Garland confirmed that he himself signed off on the warrant sounded like it might have been the most extraordinary development we would have heard. When are we expecting that we could see that search warrant unsealed? As you mentioned, former President Trump could do it himself. What's the timeline you're looking at here? So we saw reports yesterday that the deadline for Trump uh, to make the decision on whether or not to unseal needed to come by August 25th. Um, But the uh, judge in the case told the Department of Justice, hey, you need to get with Trump's lawyers within within the next 24 hours and see how they want to move forward. So, you know, Trump announced pretty late last night that he would be open to unsealing the documents. It is obviously pretty early this morning in the U.S. Um, So I would be keeping I'm keeping a very close eye on it this morning to see what, if any, action is, is going to be taking place. And I know you've been speaking with uh, members of Congress as well. Republicans have been rallying around the president before we learned all this new information. In our last minute, Emily, what are uh, members of Congress that you're speaking to now saying at this point? So uh, it's been a little hard to talk with members just because they have not been in D.C. They, they will be today, and we certainly expect to learn more at this point. Uh, but initially, we saw a lot of concerns about, you know, criticizing the FBI, saying there need to be investigations. We have not heard a lot from Republicans since Merrick Garland's presser yesterday and since the news broke last night. Uh, again, it, it's early in the U.S. I would definitely expect that to change by the end of today. What are we likely to learn if we do get the uh, search warrant released? I mean, could there be redactions? Could we see that it gets as specific as what the Washington Post has been reporting, that there were there is the possibility of classified documents rising to the level of nuclear weapons? That, that's a really great question, Nathan, as far as exactly what is going to be allowed for the American public to see at this point. Um, you know, we know that there is the search warrant. We know that there is the list of what the FBI took from Mar-a-Lago. Um, 
we know that there's a, you know, good potential that we could see the probable cause here, you know, why, why the Justice Department decided that they needed to have the search warrant for Mar-a-Lago and needed to do it right now. Um, I think there are just a lot of questions percolating right now. Obviously, this, the Washington Post report, even though it's kind of uh, scarce on exactly the details, I mean, just the fact that it relates to nuclear weapons is, is absolutely huge. Yeah, lots more questions still to be answered. Thanks for this, Emily. We'll be uh, catching up with you uh, throughout the morning. Morning here on Bloomberg Daybreak. That is Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us this morning from the nation's capital. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. Now we go to a legal story we're watching this morning with U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland making this stunning announcement yesterday that the Justice Department is asking a federal judge to unseal the search warrant executed for former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Garland's comments were a sharp departure from the department's usual practice of not discussing an ongoing investigation and were intended to rebut the assertions by Trump that his allies and his allies that the search was politically motivated. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to former federal prosecutor Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter in English. What does it tell you that he was put into the position where he felt he had to unseal the search warrant? Well, it really tells us that a lot has changed in terms of federal law enforcement. I mean, typically, if you go back years ago, and really up until fairly recently, the FBI was an agency that was revered by the public. The approval rate of the FBI and the Department of Justice was typically extremely high. People held them in extremely high regard. But there's been so much bashing of the FBI, so much criticism of their investigations and some of their conduct, that now the attorney general felt compelled in an unprecedented move to defend the FBI and to defend the Department of Justice and to explain to the American public the basis for the search warrant, at least on a procedural level. We still don't know what the facts were that led to it, but he was trying to explain to the public exactly how this works and try to reassure them that this was all done by the book and that there was no outside political influence involved whatsoever. So, Bob, I'm wondering, in the motion papers, it says the search warrant signed and approved by the court on August 5th, including attachments A and B. Could that include the affidavit of the FBI agent, and what information would that give us? Well, that was the question that I had in my mind when I listened very carefully to a statement where he talked about unsealing the warrant and the property receipt. But the face of the warrant, which is typically provided to somebody whose house is searched, whose property is searched, only says that the FBI or law enforcement is authorized to look for evidence of a violation of certain crimes. And it does say specifically what potential criminal violations are there, and that's the basis for the search warrant. It does not typically give you the information that was given to the federal judge to establish that probable cause. So the question is, will the entire search warrant application be unsealed and be made public? That would include an affidavit from an FBI agent that would cite the documents, that would cite to potentially cooperating witnesses, and really explain not only what they were looking for, where they were looking for it, but also the basis for that search, how they established probable cause, and also, and this is really critical, also establish why they believe that a less intrusive means was not available to them, because that's something that has to be established in order to get a search warrant precedented step. 
And that's Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter in English, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview, plus analysis of the latest legal news, by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading this show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BlawGo. And futures this morning are on the rise, with S&P futures up about 25 points, Dow futures up 173, and NASDAQ futures up 89. 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds, yield 2.87%, and the yield on the two-year 3.20%. And NYMEX crude oil is up two-tenths of a percent. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.